0: To work here. You don't have to take very long before you realize when you're speaking with people that everyone's going through something. Some are more intense than others, but I think it seems to be on the increase from what we've seen in previous years. This message this morning on the potter and the clay is not the total answer to what problems we may face or the, the only thing that God may be doing in our lives, but it's definitely one of them. And I want to tell you that the message is that God has laid on my heart for this summer at least for most of the summer, I know what it is, is not coming from some ivory tower somewhere. And I've learned through the years that if it comes from an ivory tower, that it's not long before God puts me through experientially what he may have given me that could be intellectual. God is doing something in us. And from what I'm able to observe is that God begins to reveal to us things in the Scripture. And I know being so excited as a young person and thinking, wow, I'm really growing. You know, I'm, I'm getting all this information. I'm, I'm learning something. And then only to find out, boy, I started to go through some tough times and I couldn't figure out what's going on. And God was taking what I was taking in intellectually and He was making it real in my life. Let me give you just a short, brief story that took place in my life before we get started with this to make sense. We had been married 10 years, I had a good job, finances was not a problem but I was having trouble to hang on by my fingernails. I had come to the end of what I could seem to endure, seemed odd. My wife was from the north of Scotland, and my father-in-law told me when we were first engaged, if you ever need a job, Dave, you can always come work for me. He had retail stores. So 10 years later, I contacted him to see if that offer was still available, and the long and the short of it was that we moved to Scotland, sold up everything here, put all our earthly belongings in a container, got to Scotland, couldn't find a house, so I bought property and I designed a house and sublet it or subcontracted it. Which, if you want to do that, I uh, highly recommend. Don't. <laughs> I didn't want to do that one again especially in a different country and trying to get tradespeople on, on the job site. Things did not turn out well. Expectations maybe were too high. What we weren't aware of was that the, my wife had one brother and I would be working in the business with him and we found out he was an alcoholic. That changed the whole picture. In the meantime, I got building a house. I had to do everything myself to finish it off and to do the yard and everything and get it listed. And we finally got one offer, one cash offer for less money than we had in it. God spoke to me one morning after going through a difficult time. And he was indicating to me from Scripture that we were to move back to Canada. I won't go into the details. But when we moved back, I didn't have a job. I didn't have a house. I didn't have a car. I had a wife and two kids. But God taught me something in that move that changed my life. He turned what I thought was a difficult thing and he showed me something and he changed me and he broke me. That was the point at which I knew that I was crucified with Christ. It was no longer Dave that was of importance, but Christ. I wouldn't want to repeat the experience, but God taught me. And look at what God can do in your life. When you're going through tough times right now, God is still working. So I would like to speak to you a little bit about the potter and the clay. It's just four verses in Jeremiah chapter 18 in which God tells Jeremiah the following. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to make. Anybody here that's ever taken pottery? Okay. Oh, shoot. So I can't get away with just telling anything, eh? (laughs) I got people who are going to correct me afterwards. I figured it out. I had to probably get out a calculator, but 59 years ago when I took pottery in school. It was really interesting. I enjoyed it. But as a result it has given me a little bit of a an insight into what Jeremiah saw when he went down to the potter's house. I remember the teacher had a box probably about this size and wrapped in plastic was one great big hunk of clay. And he took that out and he portioned off some of it with a wire to each of us students. Now, if you're working in clay and you get that hunk of clay, it's pretty hard, all right? You've got to work it and you've got to work it. You roll it out and there's some will actually roll it into, um, oh, I'm trying to think of those things that are good to eat, you know, with the spirals. Cinnamon bun, that's it. And then you cut that up and then you place them on top of each other, and then you work them. And they can do that 40 to 50 times and add water to it until you get it moldable in your hands. The thing is, there's different colors in the clay, and you've got to get that so that everything is blending to the same color. And once you've worked to that, then you can bring it over to the potter's wheel. Put it on the potter's wheel. But part of that process in trying to get the clay moldable is that it can be too wet. It can be too dry. So you're adding some water to it. And then you say, oh, it's a little bit too wet. It's going to crumble. You take that and you try and knead it together and then... Throw it onto the tabletop, which can be stone or cement, something that will absorb some of that moisture. Imagine yourself being that hunk of clay. This is what God is doing. We all start out as just this hunk of clay. And God wants to mold us and to make us into what he has already planned for us. He says, I know the plans I have for you. But we have to be moldable in the hands of the potter. And we bring it to the wheel. You put it on the wheel. The wheel needs to be level. Otherwise, everything's going to go wonky. It has to be centered. Otherwise, you're chasing this thing around a wheel. You've got to be centered. And that's what God is, is doing. I would like to look at this from the perspective of a believer. That hunk of clay was what God was working with that was dead in trespasses and sins. And he wants to take that condition, our earthly condition, and form it into something that he wants to make special. Every single one of us, there's something special in the hands of God. And he takes that on the wheel. And he has to get his hands wet. That's one of the things you'll find in Scripture that has reference to the Holy Spirit. There will be a fountain within us springing up into eternal life. So that water of the Holy Spirit has to be there active. In the molding of what God was wanting to make. And as you'll see from, whoop, from the photograph. You've got your thumb in the inside. You've got your hand on the outside. As you push pressure down on the thumb. In order to open up that. If you only used your thumb. The whole thing would start to go wonky on the table. You need pressure on the inside and you need pressure on the outside. And when God begins to work in us, he's trying to make a vessel that's going to be useful so that it has a capacity to hold something. And what he does is he works in us and he puts the pressure on the inside. And we think, Wow, this is tough going. Why am I going through all this stuff? Life is hard, but God is working. He's never taken his hands off that piece of clay. Aren't you glad that it isn't, say, oh, it's useless. Let's just throw it away. No, he keeps putting that pressure On the inside and we're feeling the pressure. But equally on the outside, he's supporting it and holding it. And he molds it into what he wants. But if you just keep putting pressure on the inside, pretty soon you've got this kind of shape. It's okay if you want to have a a platter. But if it's a vessel that's going to hold something, you come up here. But you want to have it pleasing. God's all about variety and things that look good. And so he begins, there's outward pressure. But he's holding on the inside all the time. We're getting pressures from outside that's bombarding us. But God is using it to his advantage. He's now forming that vessel. that comes in, it comes out. And he's got something in his mind that he's working out for each of us. Something different. For each of us. If you had not worked that clay well. There could be hidden things in the clay that you didn't realize. There might be a piece of stone. Maybe it's a piece of wood. And even when you're working on it. If you happen to get an air bubble in it. That can destroy it. So he started on the vessel. He's making the vessel, and then it's marred in his hands. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Maybe we're resisting what God is wanting to do. Are you resisting what God may be doing in your life because the pressures are too hard? You are ready to quit because the pressures are too hard? Nevertheless, it was marred. There's no question about the fact that it was marred in the hands of the potter. But thank God he just doesn't say, scrap it, throw it in the corner, I'll get another piece. God is still at work in your life. And he's working this. Why? Because he loves you to start with. But he also has in his mind something special for you and you alone. And then he finally finishes what he's had in his mind, and there it is. And you know we become self-conscious at that point. You know what it is to be (laughs) self-conscious? You walk alongside yourself, and you look at yourself, and you say, hmm, Dave's not so bad after all. Eh? You're self-conscious. And you think, look at what God's done. My goodness, he saved me. He says he has a purpose for my life. Isn't this amazing? Little did you know, he's not done yet. Once that has been formed, you sit it on a shelf. And you wait until it dries out. Not a pleasant thing to do. Not a pleasant thing to go through. But here's me thinking that God's all done. Look at what he's done. And if you try and put water or wine in it, what's going to happen? All of a sudden, the whole thing's going to go apart again. Then he'd have to start over again. That vessel's useless. You can put it on a shelf and you can look at it and say, look at what God's done. Isn't that beautiful? And it's beautiful. What God has done. He says it is good. That's what God said from the very beginning is good. And He's looking at your life and He's saying, What I'm making is good. But we think He's done. But He's got something much more important. He wants that vessel, your vessel, to hold something. And in its present situation, a dry piece of clay. Cannot hold anything. And he takes out some paints. And you think, what on earth is God doing now? This doesn't look very good. Hmm. Those glazes that they used, right? You couldn't tell when you put those on what the final product was going to be. You're thinking, I want to be something beautiful. And here we have these dull colors. But God knows what He's doing. And then all of a sudden, man, you go through something really difficult. You never anticipated this to happen. He puts you in the fire. Wow, that's tough. That's really tough when He puts you through the fire. But He knows what He's doing. And that fire can go up. T- Anywhere to 13, 1,400 Celsius. Imagine. And God puts you in this dark place into a kiln. And the temperature is cranked up. And you feel like you're going to suffocate. You're in there for ages. You think it's never going to get over. I wondered if I would ever see the end of the tunnel, if you will, and see any light at the other end. It didn't seem possible. In fact, as I've mentioned to some of you, I was ready to check out of life. When that happened, I was also reminded of what Paul said. He says, You know, I despaired even of life itself. Imagine Paul going through stuff to the point where he had despair of life itself. But now you're in that furnace. And the day comes when everything, the heat is gone and the oven door is opened up. And lo and behold, the beauty of that vessel is amazing. You, didn't, you wouldn't have thought that when it went in there, it would come out like this. Bright reds, blues, greens. Beautiful thing. And now what God does is he puts it on the shelf. Okay? Now you look at it and say, Wow marvelous what God's done. Look at, look at how good I am. I hope people see. Look at how good God's, what a job he's done. It's beautiful. The only problem is, it's a nice vessel, but it can't do anything. Even to put some water in it, to be able to help somebody, a cup of cold water. You can't get up Then go and do it. You don't have any water in there. How are you going to get water in there? The only way is that God's going to have to fill it. Now when the point comes in time, when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, everything changes. Everything changes. It becomes alive. It becomes something useful now in the house of of the owner. And he can take that vessel now, he can put in it what he wants to use, and he can use that to go and bless others. Some just need a cup of cold water. Others need something more. But you see, we can't do anything ourselves. If we don't leave ourselves in God's hand in order to prepare us to be serviceable to him and to give us a message that can be a blessing to others, the whole experiment is futile. But here's the amazing thing. Uh, I just want to read you a scripture from 1 Peter first. 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter writes, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, It is by his great mercy that we've been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. We have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled beyond the reach of change and decay. Through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It's going to prove it. God's not out to disprove your faith. God is out to prove your faith. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. You wonder why you're going through the fire? God's purifying you. He's going to make you even better than gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. God has a purpose. Sometimes we lose sight of the fact that he has a purpose. God knows what he's doing in your life. Don't resist him. This is a thing that we all struggle with. We don't like change. And God's about to change us. We have to remain moldable in the hands of the potter. He's the one that has the design, not me. Don't resist him. So Isaiah says, what sorrow awaits those who argue with their creator? Does a clay pot argue with its maker? Does the clay dispute with the one who shapes it, saying, stop, you're doing it wrong? Does the pot exclaim, how clumsy can you be? I mean, how ludicrous. (laughs) We think that we know what we should be and what God is wanting to do in our lives. God made us a vessel to hold something. The importance is not the vessel. If any of us think that we have any importance, and Dave standing on a platform is something of importance, forget it. The vessel's not important. What's in it is important. It's far greater value what's inside the vessel than the vessel itself. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, for God who said... Let there be light in the darkness has made this light shine in our hearts so that we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from us. Do we appreciate that? the treasure that God has placed inside of us. At times we do. At times we're reminded of the fact that God has done such a work in our hearts. Our sins have been forgiven. We've received the Holy Spirit. We're enjoying the Christian life. But don't forget, God put it there. You and I could never put it there. And he did that so that we might be useful In his hands. This is something. That we need to consider. Know this. God did not make a mistake. When he made you. Sometimes. I can look at myself. And say. Oh I wish I was like so and so. Oh you know. If I could only speak like so and so. If I could only sing like so and so. We're always comparing ourselves. To somebody else. God made you. Exactly the way you are. The capacity of the vessel may be different. But whatever it is that God made, he made you for that particular reason. And I think that this is something that many here are enjoying, if not all. When you bump into others as we come on Sunday, and you begin to share things with each other, there's some people that need encouraging and you had no idea. We don't know what's going on in the hearts and minds of everybody here. If you know, tell me. <laughs> what's going through my mind? You have no idea. But God has formed you and he's put something within you and a gift that he's given you of the Holy Spirit that is to be there for a blessing for everyone else. So I've put here, however, he's still working on you. When he is, you may not look your best during the process. I know that for a fact. If you had bumped into me during those years, I'm not quite sure what would have come out of my mouth. Discouragement, everything else. God didn't care. I really believe that. God didn't care. He didn't know and he didn't care. I was all on my own. You ever felt like that? Well, if that's the case, let's give each other a break because it might be your turn next. That's guaranteed. We're all going to go through something. It's how we're going to go through it. Are we going to rely on God that he knows what he's doing? In one sense, we need to continue to be moldable in the hands of the potter. But once that vessel has been fired and it's to be used it doesn't always stay pristine it gets bumped it gets chipped it gets cracked but that that is inside of us that treasure that is inside of us the light that is inside that vessel when it gets cracked what happens you see the light coming through the crack It reminds me, years ago, and some of you may not even remember this, where there was street preachings. People would stand out in the street and preach. A crowd would gather around. And this was someone that I knew of from Scotland and never met him. He must have had a Dutch background, Van der Sand. And he was out preaching one day and he was heckled. Albert was mentioning that type of thing. He was out there preaching his heart out, and they're heckling him. And one fellow says, ah, he says, you're just a crackpot. And he kept it up, kept interfering with what he was saying. You're just a crackpot. And finally he responded, he says, yes, I am. And thank God for the crack that let the light in. And that light that's inside will shine for others to see. This was something, and I was trying to remember the exact words, but I don't have my wife to rely on to remind me what it was. This was a cousin of my dad, and at this point in time, he was probably older than I am. He was at our house, and he said to my wife, he says, Esther, he says, when you look at others, you get disappointed. Anybody been disappointed when you look at somebody else? We've all been there. When you look at yourself, you get discouraged because you see your, fa- your failures. But when you look to Jesus, he gives you hope. We are looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our God, great God and Savior Jesus Christ who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from this Typo here. From every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people zealous for good works. We look around at the world today and we get discouraged. We get downcast. We wonder where God is. Surely, to goodness, God is going to intervene, and step in, and do something to change what's going on. Hmm. But he says, Don't worry about that. You keep looking to me, keep looking at Jesus. I can't emphasize that enough. No matter what we're going through, Jesus knows about it. Our, what we need to do is to find out where he is in it. I learned that going through difficult times with teenagers. Couldn't see what was happening. That's why I got white hair. But when I realized that none of this took God by surprise, Therefore, Jesus is here somewhere. All I have to do is to see where he is in the situation. And when I see where he is in the situation, all of a sudden, everything's calm. The stress is gone. I see now Jesus was in my boat the whole time. And he said, peace, be still. John writes, dear friends, now we are the children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know this, that when Christ appears, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. That's God's final plan for us. He's been molding us and making us into the image of Christ. And the more we look at him, when we look at Jesus, That's what changes us. It's as simple as that. When we look around us, we get discouraged. When we look to Christ, we get encouragement to go on. It sounds simple. It's not simple to put into practice. But it's the fact. Jesus is the one and only one that's able to make a difference. We're going to be going to the Lord's Supper And I want to read this first because it reminds us of God's chosen vessel. He's done a work in our hearts. But this was God's chosen vessel. From Philippians 2, Jesus already existed in the form of God, but did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a bondservant and being born in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death.